Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing Kabbalah in the Lodge, pointing out for those that may have missed it. Kabbalah is a mysterious and tricky subject to talk about. Orally transmitted in cloaked in secrecy and mystery, it's difficult to speculate upon by its very nature. Kabbalah isn't something I'm proficient in, at least not proficient enough to talk about with any authority, and we only have seven minutes, so mo no monologues will be given about this or what it is, its history in Europe and whatnot, but there will be those new to the craft who are esoterically inclined that will be absolutely flummoxed by notions that there are any Kabbalistic knowledge to be garnered from the Lodge whatsoever. So where I hear you cry. A person that I highly admire who wrote extens extensively on the history of the Kabbalah was the late great Gershom Sholem. Sholem was the foremost driving force in making Kabbalistic studies an academic subject, and when commenting on the history of the early Kabbalah, he highlighted that one of the key aspects in its development was the communication of mystical ideas and concepts in the form of symbol and allegory in an idiosyncratic system that arose simultaneously in southern France and in the Castile region of medieval Spain. If we take the motto, Freemasonry is a particular system of morality failed in allegory and illustrated by symbols, then we can see the importance of the statement in relation to the Lodge. So, Brother Ronshaw, just to drop a few breadcrumbs, could you sh shed some light on the subject? Um, <laughs> that's a big question. So when we talk about the Kabbalah, um, most people think of the Tree of Life, but there is actually more to it than that. But I believe that early Freemasons borrowed the pattern of the Tree of Life to use for the, uh, form the format of the lodge. By format, I mean the positions where the officers sit. Uh, so there are, in the Tree of Life, there are 10 positions, which are called sephirot, and the sephirots are emanations of power from God, coming from the top, which is Keta, and it comes all the way down in a, a zigzag, which is called the lightning strike, the energy like lightning coming through these positions down to Malkut, which is earth. So you have a 10-step a uh, series from God to earth, and these 10 sephirot are in patterns of three. So you have a triangle at the top, and then you have a triangle in the middle, and a triangle at the bottom, and then the last single um, uh, sephirot is Malkut. There are two ways of organizing these, and the history is a little bit complicated, but um, there is the, um, the Gra system, uh, which was to do with the um, uh, Jews being able to, to communicate with God, and uh, the Ari, which was more pessimistic. But anyway, um, so the how the lodge conforms to this and why is interesting. I think in this era, the uh, intelligentsia were looking for a way to connect uh, other religions with Christianity, and they were looking for a pattern. Uh, some, so this is why Chinese Taoism was so interesting to them. They saw that it had a meritocracy system, which was very similar to Christianity. And uh, so they were looking for a religion that would cover the globe, basically. And they thought that various religions could be melded into one. And Freemasonry 
was uh, going to be the outcome of it. So uh, how the tree of life uh, as, um, assimilates with uh, the lodge is that the master sits at the top of the tree of life in position Keta. And then the secretary sits on his left in Chokma and on his right, the treasurer in Bina. There's a, a space in the, depending on which tree of life you're looking at, I'm looking at the Ari one. Uh, then there is a gap, uh, which is filled by Dart. And then on the, uh, where the, ju uh, the um, <clears throat> junior warden sits is Chesed. And in front of him is Gemura, <clears throat> or Gevura, depending how you call it. Tiferet, which is the next uh, Sephiroth down, is where the Bible is in, in the lodge. And then you have uh, Netak, which is where the inner guard sits. And then Hod is where the Persuivant sits. Uh, Persuivant, we don't normally have in um, Blue Lodge, but in Grand Lodges, uh, every Grand Lodge has a Persuivant. And um, then in uh, Yesod is the space in front of the senior warden, and then Malkut represents, uh, is represented by the senior warden. So there are 10 positions, but only seven are occupied by officers of the lodge. The three that are gaps, I believe, were intentionally left because they represent the Hiramic tragedy which is represented on the tree of life. So we have the three senior officers, well, uh, the worship master, treasurer, and secretary at the top. Then we have um, between the worship master and the Bible, which is the Bible's on the altar at Tiferet, there is this gap called Dart. And Dart is where the um, uh, Grandmaster Hiram Abif was first buried um, uh, in the rubble of the temple before he was moved a second time to the position that's empty in front of the senior warden called Isod. This is where he was moved and buried ultimately. And the, the third empty space, which is facing the, the junior warden, which we don't have a, a warden in the north, this is Gevura. Uh, this is where the Grandmaster met his untimely death. So the three empty spaces on the tree of life perfectly fit with the Hiramic tragedy. And I believe this is totally intentional. And uh, it's one of those kind of hidden mysteries of Freemasonry. <clears throat> Thank you for that. We are living truly in a golden age of Kabbalistic studies. I don't think there's, anybody, there's ever been a time where Kabbalistic texts have been so accessible. You've got the Zohar translated into English academically by Daniel Channon Marks. Uh, you can purchase that for £400, something that somebody oh, would have probably yeah. sold a kingdom for if, <laughs> in the medieval days. Yes. And some of the, the only the smart Kabbalists... Um, Heim Vital hasn't been translated into English as far as I'm aware. There are many, many excellent uh, academic translations of key Kabbalistic texts. And it is something that they would have definitely been studying the intelligentsia back in those days. Mm -hmm. So it's something to bear in mind when going into lodge. It is an absolute minefield when you're trying to navigate. But I, I do believe that the more simple Kabbalistic interpretations of the Italian Renaissance, particularly Giovanni Pico della Mirandola, were more on the minds of 
the lodge members than more mm. sophisticated yes capitalists yeah. so it, it one of the nice things is it is incredibly uh, esoteric spiritual knowledge but we have modern technology which to probe it with so we right. do, are living in the golden age so if you want to rediscover some of the hidden secrets it's never been easier uh, so, and no, if you if you buy my book Freemasonry Quest for Immortality, there's a whole section on how the lodge and the Kabbalah uh, inter intertwine or interlink. So it's even more it, yeah. easy nowadays. Absolutely, it's, <laughs> the answers are right there in front of you. So, hint, yes. hint, yeah, and it'll soon be Christmas. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. You can get it on Amazon. Yep. <laughs> well, that just about brings, uh, brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email us on the link below. We now part on the square and we'll meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.